I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. And welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow nerds sit in front of these microphones to try and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. He got the sound effect right. Yeah. And this is episode 276. She had to pause. She had to glance. I did. To make sure. I did. It's fine. Listen, we got no cue card guy here. There's no teleprompter. It's off no. the dome every time, baby. We, we don't have a producer. The producer is Jordan. Jordan <laughs> is the producer. So, someone cute is the loose adjacent producer, but listen... She gives very good advice. She gives very good advice, but she also has a life to live, so she can't always be, <laughs> always be present when these two buffoons are fumbling their way through the uh, through the recording process. That's true. Friends, this is episode 276 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 275 episodes, you just walk yourself down to wherever you get your audio content, be that Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe. Click a little bell or button for follow or like or rate and review. Anything that helps push us up the algo so people can, new friends can find the show. And when you do that, you will never have to worry about finding episodes again. I know I said walk yourself on down. No more walking for you. No, you can just sit there. Just park your ass. Because henceforth, new episodes of this program will be sprinkled onto you from the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip by your mans. John C. Fasolikis III, Geek Down Internet Elf. My God, girl, he's just going to drop those episodes straight into your device. It's what he loves to do. It's what he lives for. It is his purpose in life. Yeah, I wish I had a purpose like John C. My God, that turned dark. <laughs> I mean, this is what I think about these days. Get, Death and getting a purpose to life. Get zen with it, Caitlin. Jesus. <laughs> If you'd like yeah, to tell Caitlin to lighten up, hit us over <laughs> on Twitter.com slash GeekdownPod. That's where the show lives on the social means. I can't always be a ray of light. <laughs> if you want to support this endeavor financially so Caitlin can go and, I don't know, buy some ice cream. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. See, it would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just like that. I can't because it's too cold. It is too cold. Listen, friends, your BFFs are probably going to be a little rough today. We are both not handling <laughs> the resumption of daylight savings time well Mm-mm. if you don't have daylight saving time where you are be glad <laughs> praise whatever god you pray to because it's lame you don't have to deal with this bullshit at this age caitlin and i are not springing forward so much as lumbering <laughs> clumsily into a door frame forward uh, i walked into the bed today <laughs> literally i've walked into a door frame it's not going well that's that's what happens. That's what happens at this that, point. That's what happens. Me and me and like that and me texting you being like, can we make it an hour later? I forgot about daylight saving time. And me lying in bed with Sandy Eyes just mashing the iPad keyboard going, yes, yes, we can. <laughs> friends, because the weather has been so stupid, friends, like uh, this, this fucking city doesn't know what or this region doesn't know what it wants to do climatologically right now, which is typical. For this time of year? Yeah. Lousy smirch weather, like, I believe I, I would term. say something about blah, 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 global warming, but this is how it always is in March. <laughs> always. Always. So we went from uh, that day I went out, I believe. Well, I had I had the lovely weekend with someone cute mm-hmm. where it was like just a sweatshirt day. Yep. And it was, then it, it was, went up uh, to like 20. And then it was, I believe we had uh, about four or six, eight degrees maybe on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day it was, where I did go out. Mm-hmm. And now we're back down to uh, the window was frozen when I woke up today and I couldn't open it. Yuck. 
Yuck. Boot. I got. Here's all you need to know. My boots are back, y'all. I had to wear my boots home. I thought I was <laughs> done with boots. I was leaving the boots at work. I was like, I'll get them at some point and bring them home. You know what? Not going to need them anymore. I'm sorry. I love you, but you're just as stupid as the other people. I always say every year. I'm like, don't put your boots away. Don't put that jacket away. Keep your gloves and mitts out. Keep it out until you're keeping them out until May. May 2 4. May, May 2 4. May 2 4. No, you're, no. You're hold on. May 2 4. It is freezing every May 2 4. Maybe except for the last two it's, years. It's bulky sweatshirt weather. I just think it's okay. I'm just. I just think it's cold. <laughs> this is why I wear so many cardigans. 17 cardigans. Uh, well, friends, as said, there is a there are a few items of news out there. Uh, something we didn't we did talk about last week, but it ended up getting cut for time and weird placement because Caitlin was like, we were about to go into the second half of the show. I think we were like done, and I was like, <laughs> hey, I have some more news. Hey, let's talk about this thing. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll try to splice it back in. I did not. Um, so you did not hear our discussion about um, Disney. And its executives' um, financial support of Republican candidates in the state of Florida. The same candidates who have been sponsoring and co-sponsoring what is known as the Don't Say Gay Bill in the state. Yeah. Which has, has it been, has it been passed? Is it passed? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, frankly, I don't want to know. You, but. You, you, everyone's probably like, you should know this. And I'm like, you know what? My face hurts from all the terrible <laughs> news. Just me clenching my jaw. Literally only so much I can take every day, y'all. So, um... So that was a story. And also Disney's kind of silence yeah. in the face of criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, where they, they just thought they could put their heads down. And, I mean, shouts to the god, Bobby Iggs, yeah. <laughs> who was still out there on Twitter being like, this bill is disgusting and it's going to make people's lives terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just shitting all over his successor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what so, – like Disney executive beef to me is more fascinating than rap beef at this point. I just want I just want Iger to keep up. Taking straight shots at at Chapek yeah. ever since every chance he gets. Um, so there's an article on Deadline uh, published March 11th, which was Friday of last week, saying uh, basically talking about the rough two years mm-hmm. Mr. Chapek has had as the uh, CEO of Disney. Uh, the article reminds us of how the pandemic hitting. Yep. Um, JPEG's decision to day and date a number of theatrical projects to Disney Plus, which pissed off a lot of actors and producers and directors, Mm -hmm. including Scarlett Johansson, who sued, uh, surrounding the back end money that she was would have gotten or wanted to renegotiate the deal uh, she would have gotten because you should probably back end money on a theatrical release. If there's no theatrical release, you don't get the back end money. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, To the very oddly tone deaf response. From Disney after Johansson's yeah. uh, lawsuit was filed and kind of the back and forth there. Um, according to Deadline, quote, now JPEG is facing his biggest test to date. Discontent within his own company, the open internal revolt was sparked by Disney's botched response to Florida's so-called Don't Say Gay Bill, which would ban classroom discussion about sexual orientation and gender identity in the state's primary schools. Uh, after days of silence that had been met internally in JPEG's own words with disappointment that the company has not issued a public statement condemning the legislation, the CEO finally spoke up about the bill on Monday, a week after JPEG's predecessor, Bob Iger, had criticized the controversial legislation on Twitter. Uh, in a March 7th memo, 
Chipek explained why Disney would not denounce the bill despite being urged to do so by LBGTQ employees in at least one letter to the company leadership and in a meeting with Chapek the week before, all of which sent chills throughout the company, which staffers described as tone deaf. Um, with the controversy engulfing the company and Disney-affiliated talent like Owl House creator Dana Terrace and former Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. executive producer Drew Z. Greenberg publicly criticizing Disney over its response, many using the hashtags don't, hashtag don't say gay and Disney do better, Chapek on Wednesday changed course and publicly condemned the Florida bill during the annual Disney shareholder meeting. It's funny how things always change during a shareholder meeting, right? Yeah, yeah it is. Um, just hours after Chapek told shareholders that Disney was donating to the human rights campaign, the nation's largest lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer civil rights organization rejected the donation, calling for a greater commitment to the LGBTQ agenda and yet another blow to Disney's efforts to change the narrative after the miscalculated initial response. Um, also good for them for rejecting that. Also good that. for them. Yeah. Be like, you can hope you, hopefully you choke on your money. So yes, this is a very, uh... <laughs> somewhat long article because there's been a lot of <laughs> missteps that they've been making and it's very odd time for the house mouse and you think this doesn't yeah. affect you average listener but um for most of you who listen to this show 60 percent minimum of what you watch is <laughs> comes filtered through some version mm-hmm. some portion of this company so it's just it's a very stark contrast and just what happens when a dude who comes from the theme park division? Who didn't even... Okay. I, I mean, you guys know I can... I've, <laughs> I, I've deep dived this. He didn't even like... All the things he was getting sort of praise for were not... It, were it was pudge- all shit he walked into. It was yes. shit that was already... It was already rolled out or rolling out. It's easy to make the, you know, the train go straight when it's already on the tracks. Um, I just... I think they need to sort of rethink who's in charge um and i'm just i was like what what was this process to find a new head what was the process i want to know i really would love to know did they like do votes did they have to do like challenges was there some sort of like presumably there's a board of directors who votes on are you sure it wasn't just like a pie eating contest? Because it doesn't seem like they were really thorough with what they did and who they who they hired. Caitlin, if executive positions were awarded through pie eating, do you yeah. not think I would be the head of Apple TV Plus by now? Like, uh, it depends on the pie. Um, so yeah, I just uh, uh, yeah, I just I'm I'm very. You know, they, they know their own history, and so I'm kind of astonished <laughs> that they – the biggest mis- misstep was obviously hiring him as the head of Disney, right? Like, I just – I feel like they need some other way of finding someone. They need to go in a different direction um, because it's not like – like you said, like, you can't just keep your head down anymore. That's not good enough for – basically the biggest media company in the world it's not good enough anymore you're gonna be watched like a hawk um and you have to have better better actual better values hey look i already feel awful just like watching disney stuff because of the implications and disney is a brand and like yeah so don't make me feel even worse all right well, that's the thing, right? You know, the quote-unquote happiest place on earth, but happiest for who? 
Yes. You know, um, this article on deadline closes with a quote from a top tier director who said, uh, there's a lot of quote, there's a lot of apprehension out there right now over how badly they have handled this. I'm not saying people are turning down work there yet. The brand is damaged for sure. It's uh, not good. Although some execs also noted to deadline that, uh, this controversy could lead to a leap forward of five to ten years and a major mindset shift. That'd be great. It would be also great. pay your workers a reasonable wage. Make sure they're above the poverty line. How about that? Oh, Caitlin. Oh, me. Ridic- there I go being a Ridiculous. social justice warrior again. Listen, if you want to get paid, you know what you do? What? You start a Kickstarter. Oh. Like your man's. Brandon Sanderson, fantasy author Brandon Sanderson. Uh Uh-huh. Like that segue? Oh, that was good. And also, I can talk all about this. (laughs) I bet you can. Let me catch the people up. Uh, This is a story I had heard about randomly, actually, at a a pre-shift meeting at a major Canadian retailer. One of the other employees brought it up as an interesting factoid floating around the publishing world. Uh, friends, if you don't know who Brandon Sanderson is, he is a fantasy author, like I said, who notably was handpicked by the estate and wife of, uh, Robert B. Jordan to finish the wheel of time series when Robert B. Jordan, um, passed away before its completion. He was brought on to finish that saga and also has a number of novels, um, under his own name that he's written. And apparently he spent the pandemic writing novels apparently just for his wife to read mm-hmm. and she was like no you should put these out so he decides to issue standard publishing model although they will apparently come out at one point for everybody can i can I comment uh, sure um uh so he was writing them at the same time as he was writing other novels and he apparently he like tried to like say to his publisher hey we can publish these two and they were like we don't have any money <laughs> And that's why he eschewed uh, usual uh, publishing models. It's also kind of smacks of the, like, Stephen King, Richard Bachman thing, where he was just writing too many books. Yeah. And, and his, like, his publisher was down. like, you got to keep the brand strong. Like, slow down. Too yeah. many books. And he's like, well, just put another name on it. And that's how you got, like, Richard Bachman. Yeah. Um, and so he throws up, starts a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. And what is the last number? It was successful. Shall we say? I think he's up to $15 million. Oh, Might be the highest grossing Ooh. Kickstarter to date. Ooh, um, so part of this recap is coming from the uh, Mary Sue. So, you know, said with kindness, there will be an agenda in here as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the Mary Sue does not straight report. Um, so the average backer donated around $240 US okay. to the campaign. I, yeah. I'm, I have an issue with averages, but yeah, okay. Yep. Currently sits at $26.9 million generated after 10 days. That's some bank. Yeah. That is some nerd dollars yeah. at work. It is probably some white male nerd dollars at work. Yeah. Which is why some people have been like, slow your roll. This is not the future of publishing. Yeah. This is a very privileged and fortunate white dude. Yeah. Who, in contrast to the time a uh, woman tried to throw up a Kickstarter for uh, $10,000 mm-hmm. so she could take some time off work and finish some novels and promptly got doxxed and roasted over Twitter 
because she had the temerity, the greed, the hand-fisted, ham-fisted greed to just ask people to pay her for the content they were consuming. Pay for stuff that you have taken time and skill to make? That is disgusting. Nobody gets paid for stuff they make, right? Right. Nobody puts out content in the world and gets paid for it, right? Right, Caitlin? No. We're, right, Caitlin? <laughs> we just do this for fun. Caitlin? We just we do it for fun, buddy. Caitlin? We do it for... It's okay, buddy. We do it for fun. Um... <laughs> It's just throw, a little joke, guys. I'm throwing, throwing that family guy, throwing that family guy drop here right now. All right, you guys, podcast time. We got the equipment and the perfect business plan. Give our show away for free and tell no one how to find it. And the author who uh, did get run off of social media for having the temerity, temerity to ask or to seek donations or to offer her work in that uh, format was Stacey J. So shouts to her. Uh, added wrinkle to all this. Mm-hmm. Interesting wrinkle. Unsure wrinkle. Mm-hmm. Vague wrinkle. Brandon Sanderson is a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints mm-hmm. and a uh, member of the faculty at Brigham Young University. Uh-huh. Makes him a Mormon. Yep. Number one, Mormons, if you buy the book, you just always give 10% of your income to the church. Yeah, you do. 10% of $26 million. There's a lot of... It's a lot of moolah. It's a lot, it's a lot of scratch. Also, Brigham Young Un- University got some troubling uh, attitudes. Yep. Towards things like sexual preference and gender identity and uh, dating. Woman's rest- right to choose. God forbid. Good heavens. Sanderson has never really been open or on the record about those affiliations or the role they play in his life. But again, it's, it's another thing that kind of makes this whole thing... Icky? Yes. That's the perfect word, Caitlin. It's just kind of icky. It's interesting to witness as a one-off event. I know some people have been like, it's, oh my God, it's like it's taking back publishing. It's like, no, if you're Brandon Sanderson, you can do that. Yeah. Like, like so senior correspondent um, was basically suggested a book, The Way of Kings, um, not knowing Brandon Sanderson. Mm. Um not knowing the books, and it was an, it, it was an audio book, right? And it was so huge, like unbelievably massive. Oh, the man don't write small books. No, you paid your two hundred and forty dollars. I mean, you, you will get two hundred forty dollars worth of content. I'm yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, and yeah, and they were it was fine. Um, but yeah, I just, and that's, that's how I, we, we knew of him. And then we found out that he, of course, had finished the Wheel of Time series. Um, and then this happened. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, uh, icky and slightly unsettling and... Yeah, it's definitely interesting to go through, like, the stages with this story, right? Where it's like, oh, my God, that's really cool and interesting. And, yeah. like, it's like, oh, my God, it's breaking free of, like, you know, the machine and, you know, just doing it on your own. And, you know, people getting the people getting money for themselves that way. And, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, he, number one, he built up a fan base, a very dedicated fan base. Huge fan base. Going through 
that system. Mm-hmm. He built his fan base through the traditional system. If he was just hitting the ground from being like, I don't know, a YouTuber, like that wasn't going to like no. happen. Um, also, his access to that traditional publishing machine probably aided and abetted by being a white dude of a certain age. Yep. So you all, you stop and pause and go like, well, if this was a black woman. That would probably not be going as well. Um, and as seen by the Stacey J story, probably really bad because white dudes love to support other white dudes while simultaneously oh, they smiting women and people of color who try similar things. Hate us. <sighs> it's weird just knowing that like in certain spaces, just don't want to go there. Even if it's a space that looks really beautiful <laughs> and there's like the sun shining and rolling green hills and I'm like, oh, I'm tempted. I'm like, mm, I just don't feel like being doxxed. Like, it's just not a thing I think it's worth going to that space for. Um, sometimes I worry that someone will find this podcast. We don't know who, but someone will find this podcast and I'm like, I... That's the rush for me, baby. <laughs> It's coming one day. I just like someone's gonna find this, and the I won't look at the comments. I'll make Jordan go into the comment section to let me know Why how safe do you it is. Hate me? I'm not doing that at all. Maybe by then we could pay someone to go into the comment section. To be like, let me know. How bad it is. I don't know why the girl keeps telling me to fuck myself. I've done nothing to her. <laughs> anyway, interesting story. I don't expect anything to come from the criticisms. I don't expect Sanderson to address it, especially not the Mormon church stuff. No. But also, to be fair, in the interest of clarity, the $26 million, he clocks the $26 million. That's not all going to him. No. It's going to the production and the marketing and all the things like that. And he yeah. has a staff. like Yeah. And, like, literally the printing. Yes. You can't forget the printing. I mean, I know that the church has printing houses (laughs) because they print a lot of Bibles. Um, But, yeah, it does go to the whole process of publishing a book. Um, But, yeah. No, it is something to to, to be able to look at with different viewpoints. In one hand, you're like, this is neat. And then the other hand, you're like... Why do I have a tummy ache? Like, it's just... <laughs> yeah. So, it's interesting how, how things might go from there, though. Um, one last item of note. Sadder news, but hopeful news um, before we go into updates. Uh, professional wrestler Big E Langston. I will always use the full names. The full character names of the wrestlers, because I'm not Vince McMahon. And I, and I can hold two names in my head. I don't need to, like... <laughs> it's, bi- it's Big E. No, his name was Big E Langston. Uh, he had a last name. We don't need to just like Cesaro's name is Antonio Cesaro. Like, yeah, I don't know why Vince always thinks you can't remember two names. <laughs> just like, I don't know why Pete Dunn got, got his name changed to Butch this week when he came up to, <laughs> came up to the main roster. Oh my God. Vince recently came out that, uh, the amount of Saudi money the WWE makes yeah. like exceeds both of AEW's television deals. So yeah. we can complain about storylines or logic as much as we want to. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Nope. If they can clock Saudi money twice a year, it's, it's all that matters. Yeah. Um, but Biggie Langston, uh, former world champion this year, I believe started the year, started late last year as world champion. Um, member of the new day, along with Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston and generally a delightful human being, Mm -hmm. um, all the way around one of the nicest guys in wrestling. 
and he took a belly-to-belly suplex to the outside of the ring uh, live on television this week, and it was not executed well. And he landed on top of his neck and fractured a couple vertebrae or broke his neck. Um, he had I, That's the news I woke up to on Saturday morning on my way into Fun. work. I was Biggie shooting an Instagram video in a, in a you know, full-color Halo with Jay situation. I'm like, oh, God. Literally, like, not that anybody, not that anybody does, but, I mean, the last person who deserves to go through that. Yeah. Um, he put out another video um, saying that there's no spinal cord damage. Um, he made sure in the first video he posted to, like, show he was moving his fingers. Like, yeah. all his digits and extremities were still moving. He did not have any paralysis. But the road to recovery, I'm sure, will be long and hard. And who knows if he ever wrestles, wrestles again. again. But just very, very sad. But all uh, love and encouragement to Big E. And hopefully he bounces back. Uh, becomes the best commentator ever. <laughs> listen to listen to the New Day podcast <laughs> after you listen to this one. The three of them are, are generally very delightful. Big E, also known for giving us the phrase about uh, when two big men fight have a wrestling match yeah two pals of man meat slapping meat like something like that that's biggie's favorite uh type of match <laughs> we love you biggie uh caitlin yeah you didn't watch anything this week um no i do have some updates but i think we need to talk about something very important first very important yeah extremely right. important <laughs> and we need to let the people know oh are you ready people <laughs> starts with w ends in ordle you want to start there? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's at the top of my list. <laughs> top of your list. <sighs> All right. Go ahead. I thought you had something to tell the people. <sighs> Y'all, I started to see the dumb little grids on my Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck is this? And people kept talking about it. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm going to do when everybody's talking about something? Nah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to go nah. He's a contrarian at heart. A little bit. And I believe in the, uh, when I realized it wasn't an app, it was just a website. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to install anything on my phone. Nope. I didn't have to log into anything. Nope. I could just go. So I guess I play Wordle now. Air hordes! Air hordes! Do the air hordes! Yeah. Excellent. I play Wordle now. Um, surprising no one. I also play Wordle <laughs> and have played Wordle for m- months pre, at this point. Pre- Pre uh, major media buyout, yes, but not for, by very much. Um, I don't know where I stumbled upon it, um, but I play Wordle, Crosswordle, Absurdle. Um, I also play a bunch. Like I just generally play word games. Like I, I do a lot of crosswords. I do um, a lot of Boggle type games. Also, want to interject as you're rattling off all the other ones you play. <laughs> I know someone cute is glazing over right now, but I want her to know that there's also Hurdle. <laughs> What's, which, oh, it's Hurdle. It plays a second of a song. You get six tries to identify a song. Oh. It plays like a second every time. Oh. The first time I heard it done was with Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And like literally you got like. Boom, boom. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. I, I got used, it immediately. Immediately, y'all. We used to play that game in youth group and I was so good at it. Youth group? Yeah. I'll tell you one day about my heady youth a, group days. <laughs> we're going to have a next hodgepodge episode. Write that down. Caitlin's. <laughs> Youth group. Was this in East Toronto? Uh, no, no. This was in North Toronto. Oh, my God. This is, listen for you. 
That's the underline. <laughs> That's the right underline there. to get back to Caitlin's youth group. Um, I Friends, love Wordle. If, you, if you don't know what Wordle is, it's I believe it started. Some dude made a word game for his wife. It's a yeah. bi- it's a big day for making things for your wives. This <laughs> hey, week. we're busy ladies. Okay, the, the Chris to, makes me stuff all the time. The key to success, y'all, make something for, make something for your wife or your lady. Yeah, or your partner, and then profit. Yeah. <laughs> it's the key. Um, one day all those playlists I make for someone cute are just gonna explode. We kick it up, and suddenly I'm a music supervisor on an, <laughs> an HBO show. Um, my mistake initially, yeah, and I yelled at people about this was I thought it was letter Sudoku. Oh. Each letter only happened once. You can repeat letters. Didn't know that. Yes. So I fucked up one on that. On that, you basically get six tries to guess to sort of wheel of fortune a uh, five five letter word. Yes. You get five chances. Yeah. Five chances. Six chances. You get five chances. Five chances. Oh. No, I don't know. Five Wait. or six. Yeah. And basically, it's just a blank grid. You start with a five-letter word, and if any of the letters, you get a yellow tile. What The letter will turn yellow if that letter is in the word but in the wrong spot. If it's in the word and in the right spot, it's green. Yeah. And you just kind of like process of elimination your way. Six tries. Through there. Seems like it'll be, it'll be easy. Certainly not me earlier this week having A-T-C-H there and going through latch batch catch <laughs> it was watch y'all yeah it was watch it was and the other appeal i think the genius part is it's you play it once it's once a day yep and everybody plays the same word yep so there's a sort of community thing there where it's like if you people just kind of shoot the shit about it's like oh man fucking wordle today like, like everybody got it and the new york times jumped on this and bought it from the dude and yep. i believe there was a worry initially that they were going to New York Times crossword it, and like every day the word was going to be like Xerxes or some shit, like <laughs> cacao. Or, like, I, I don't know. Um, it has stayed. My problem is I will overthink sometimes because I think I expect it to be harder than it is. Like I said, I, I fucked up watch now, the here, one day, which is probably the easiest or the most obvious selection there. Here's the thing, though. I am good at word games. Mm. I'm I'm good at word. Yeah. I was making it harder for myself for, like, the first month I played because I thought once you got a letter, you had to keep that letter in your tries. But you don't. You just, you can use other words after you get, like, if you know that letter A is there, Mm -hmm. you don't have to try another word with A in that spot. Oh, you you didn't know that? No. Oh my god. This is like this is like when people didn't know you didn't have to go to the center of Dance Dance Revolution. Like, <laughs> you could keep your foot on an arrow after you tapped it. Yeah. So if you don't know this, guys, you can just so I have a couple words that I start so with. So I'm not locked in. If it tells no. me that 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 N is in at the end of the word, you don't have to. It's pa- green. I don't have to use it every no. time. No. Oh my god. <laughs> See. Advanced tactics, y'all. So I didn't know this. So for the first month, I was like, "Wow, this is like can be pretty difficult sometimes." Um, I have a couple words that I use. I do the wheel of fortune thing, which is they so at the end of wheel of fortune, they will give you the most common letters. So I will use those most common letters. Okay, that was my next question. Okay. What's your opener? Um usually it's like stare or uh, uh, I'll, sometimes I'll change it. Um, May I humbly suggest yeah. what was given to me by a coworker? Yeah. Ocean. So I don't understand because O is not the most common. C is not the most common. But you get EA and an N. Yeah. And C and O are more common than you think. But S, L, see, look, we're doing, S, L, and T 
are more common. Literally, I've never used. I've only been playing a week. I've not seen SLMT used to any like I'm just huge. Saying. Just saying, those are the most most popular letters because Wheel of Fortune. Slate's probably a good opener. Too. I, I also use slate sometimes. Slate's a good opener. Um, sometimes I'll use tails. I'm, like, I'm gonna try a slate tomorrow, and if I don't get it. <laughs> 6 a.m. You're going to be getting your fucking Facebook blown open. Or maybe it'll be the first time that anybody gets uh, the the guess on the first try. Because if you're telling me you get it on the first try, I know something about you. And you want to know what that is? You're a fucking liar. I mean, I played the gas, but she ain't, she ain't lying. The only reason you get it is by accident. Maybe if you, again, as... as uh, an accident or lucky, you get most of the first word. You can, might might be able to figure out the second word. I got the second word once. Okay. I'm generally yeah. Three is a good day for me. I generally four. Usually three, often four. Occasionally, I I once had to go to six because you want to know why? I have trouble spelling. <laughs> so. <laughs> Occasionally, it's a little bit harder for me because I don't realize that's what the word is because I think it has like an extra L or something. So I literally did today's in front of Caitlin and I'd already worked out that, again, Ocean, OC, OC was there. I'm just saying. Um, and I figured out that S was there as well. And I, yeah. I, I had them all, in the, I had OC and S in the right spot. And literally, because I was like, I was, because Caitlin was here and I didn't want to fuck it up in front of Caitlin, I literally, I literally went, fucking focus. <gasps> <laughs> Like, focus, and focus. That's, and that's focus. when I got it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was focus. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers for uh, the, <laughs> the Wordle two days ago. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's... I think it's nice that people have this thing. It's like um, a mini crossword. The crossword takes a while. Mm. People don't realize crosswords take time. Um, so this is kind of like this, that everyone can sort of talk about it. It's a weird water cooler thing you could be just be like hey did you do the wordle today listen it's anything that is as much as i'm sure we will talk about you know multicultural things yes. in the back half of the show the monocultural is has its place as well a sort of thing that everybody can enjoy mm-hmm. despite where you know your job your ethnicity your age like this is just like kate said it's literally when the nerds at work all it comes up, mm-hmm. you've got teenagers and my old ass and you know men, women, non-binary people just all talking about like, oh my god! So like like when I tell this focus story tomorrow, it's yeah. gonna be fucking <laughs> many laughs will be had. Um, and yes, it's lame and it's it's and it's super nerdy. This is maybe we just spent fifteen minutes talking about Wordle. This is like the nerdiest. <laughs> this is edging to the nerdiest discussion we've ever had on this show. But that's why you come here and. Yeah. Having, like Kate said, the genius of the game to me is that it is everyone plays the same word and you only get one. And if you fuck it up, it gives you your little every day because I think it logs your IP or whatever. It gives you your your streak, your your stats, stats. how you did. Just FYI, if you're anxious about like, oh, I haven't done Wordle from my house today (laughs) um, or using my phone or whatever it is, um, it, it will restart your streak, but it will let you know how many games you've won. Mm. Um. So yeah. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. Besides Wordle, what else have you been doing? Um. Okay. So I mentioned it. Well, what are you? He's looking at my notes. Yes, we do. What is that question? It's um. Uh, do we care about Batman? <gasps> do we care about Batman? 
the Batman? Depends. Your, okay, depends on your age. Okay. The the Twilight fandom now caring about Batman yeah. culture it's on Instagram wild. has been amazing to watch. Okay, all right. Interesting. I don't know anything about that. Would you like to speak to that in some? In some oh, way? just the you know the kind of, after the first weekend, it was all these memes about like you know. <laughs> You know, the picture of the girl surrounded by her Twilight merchandise and then, you know, <laughs> 25 years later and it's her, like, and it's all Batman stuff and she's got a cowl on and stuff. Like. Okay. Uh, well, that that's always cool. I always love when people who maybe don't, aren't, you know, knee deep in something are all of a sudden like, this is amazing. Everything I've heard about it, the only criticism I've heard is the length. Okay. Which, how long is it? Three hours. Oh my fucking God. Okay. You know what? No, Hold on. God. Put the brakes on. I don't know if we have like some sort of screech squealing drop we can put here. Hold up. You want to make your art house superhero movie three hours long? Fine. But you are going to give me a goddamn intermission so I can go to the bathroom wash my hands, blow my nose, and get more Twizzlers. Okay? None of this making me sit in my seat for three hours. I have an iron bladder, but even after three hours of drinking some giant vat of of Coke and cramming my face full of salty popcorn, I have to go pee. (laughs) And it's not fun watching a movie where you have to, like, stay in your seat. You can't pause it. You got to go pee. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. This is why they have intermissions in musicals. If a musical can do it, you can do it. (laughs) Weave it into the cinematic experience. And Glorious Bastards did, if I recall. Not in Glorious Bastards. Um, What was the Western one? Django and Jane? No, the one after that. Uh, the one after that. Oh, something uh, eight or the nine or whatever. Yes. Uh, hateful eight. Hateful eight. Yes. There's an intermission on hateful eight. He does that because it's like, again, he puts it within the cinematic experience. Look, sound of music can do it. So I can change over the beta tapes. Then you can do it. Okay. Anyway, rant, rant over. Um, Caitlin out here. (laughs) Love when that happens. Um, I had mentioned before that I, on tape, I was listening to the uh, Warhammer 40,000 book, yeah. Celestine the Living Saint by Andy Clark. Continues to be fantastic. Continues to be amazingly voice acted um, or narrated, I suppose you could say, but it really is voice acting. Um, is really good. Uh, I enjoy it. The only thing is they use a couple phrases, steely eyes, um, icor. We don't. You don't need to say icor. Just call it blood. Just find some other fluidic thing, some other noun. Um. Uh. I have also. I had mentioned getting really into Laura Olympus on webtoons. Um. Well, Laura Olympus um is now actually published as something physical, which Jordan can attest to. Um, and. I had talked about webtoons slash, I believe Monway is how you say it, um, and even anime these days. It they've done it so that when you're on your phone, you can read it going by sliding up, 
through panels, mm. um, which makes it smooth to get into. Um, and I just wanted to shout out a couple of them. Um, so uh, Whale Star is one I recently read. It's about... It sounds terrible. It's not about whales. <laughs> um, no, it's about actually the... Um, uh, the uh, in the early 1900s, if you don't know, Japan had uh, invaded Korea, um, and it was about the freedom fighters in Korea. Not all of them, just this small group of them. And it is kind of a romance, but there's literally never even a kiss um, in this thing. And it was absolutely devastated and beautifully written and beautifully drawn. So if you feel like being devastated, um, Whale Star is for you. Um <laughs> Also, I just wanted to shout out um, Third Shift Society. Um, it is, it is, it's not my favorite art style. It's good. It's much better than I'll ever be able to do. But it's, um, it's just so unbelievably well written and actually funny. So funny that I have laughed out loud, um, which is saying something. And then finally, um, of Swamp and Sea, which is really well drawn, uh, really well written, lots of fun. So those, I've been looking at those, um, those have been great. And then I've been on YouTube a lot, um, for two things. One, I think I might've mentioned the financial diet before. Um, it's basically just gives really sound financial advice, um, and talks about things like, you know, what is a Bitcoin and why they're terrible, um, <laughs> and why you should stay far, far away from them. Um, and also I had mentioned, I believe before this YouTube channel called, uh, folding ideas. Basically the gentleman who runs the channel, he does video essays mm -hmm. and, uh, he's just done one recently that kind of exploded all about, um, uh, NFTs and Bitcoin and blockchain and, um, it was really, really fascinating. They're really long video essays, like two hours. Um, I initially watched one about flat earthers and like why people fall into this weird, um, hole that is flat earth mm. conspiracy theories. Anyways, he does them very thoroughly. Um, I really enjoy them. Um, so yeah, that is what I have been up to, but I haven't actually watched anything on a streaming platform because I'm really tired. I have endometriosis, man. I just sleep. <laughs> I go to work and I sleep. What have I gotten into that was on a streaming streaming service? Well, it's been a very uh, perfume-heavy week, number one. New single dropped. Announcement of new album in summer. Also came out. And a third show from 2015 oh. made its way to Amazon. They're all, I guess they're, if it was from 2015 and the other show was from 2020, then they can both be anniversary shows. I feel like I'm always saying it's the anniversary, <laughs> it's the anniversary show. Um, this one is cute because it's the one where they, um, didn't lock down the set list. They basically rolled a dice, yeah. including letting folks from the audience, uh, come up and roll the dice, which is such a cool idea. And they would just, it's not the most flowing experience from a performance standpoint. Yeah. Cause they would, they did summon a block, um, but then they also did, like, roll the dice, do the song. Roll the dice, mm -hmm. do the song. Kind of slows things down. Also, the staff would have them do little asks. <laughs> um, because they were also in, on a round stage, so it would be like, okay, we're going to face this way. And you see them, like, working it out. Be like, mm -hmm. okay, we'll do this here. And then you stand there and you do whatever. And watching that stuff is cool because you get a little insight into just 
how they do how things. they approach that stuff, yeah. which is fun. Um, finished this season of Grand Crew, which, like I said, was <laughs> sounds, sounds so dismissive to be like it's Cougar Town for black dudes, but it, <laughs> but it kind of is. It's it's a, I talked about it before. It's a sitcom from a former writer on Insecure and Dan Gore from Brooklyn Nine Nine, and it's clearly in its first season. It's still working out what it wants to be, and it's taking a lot of format from the Cougar Town model. Right. Um, although not doing the obvious things, which I like, mm-hmm. there is clearly. A character named Faye, who is the Grayson from Cougar Town, and in you know the Cougar Town model, she would it be with the main character, but she's not. Her unrequited love is with the secondary character, and the main character is off. He meets someone like in the second last episode, and that becomes a whole thing. Uh, the only cast member that you might know is Nicole Byer, who oh, played yeah. Trudy Judy and uh, hosted Nailed It and things like that. She's yeah. on there. Like I said, it's not. If there were two sitcoms I was watching right now, Abbott Elementary and Grand Crew, Abbott Elementary is a better show. Right. But Grand Crew is just it's just comfy. And I immediately went to shop your TV so I could start logging all of Sherm's outfits. So, <laughs> Hey, you know what? Sometimes you need comfs. Just trying to up my fits for the summer, y'all. Soups comfs. You know, I love to up my fits for the summer. What else is out there that I got into? Let me check the notes. I won't go too much into it because I don't want Caitlin to groan the entire time, but... Uh, Checked out a few episodes of the last season of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid because we got, a, as happens every day at work, we got a huge influx of uh, manga. Manga. And my one of my coworkers asked me about that show, and I went, "Yeah, there's a whole like second season that I haven't watched." Kino Animation, we love them. They do fabulous work, and they they're just gross. They they're animate. Gross. They're super gross. They're not gross. They are gross. Kino Animation is not gross. They think it's this appropriate. That it's story gross. is gross, and they're just working with the story. It's not like Monster Masume. It's not like fla- it's not Dick Fight Island. It's not like flagrantly. <laughs> and weirdly, Dick Fight Island, I find less like <laughs> Caitlin upsetting. Caitlin is here like, for Dick Fight Island. Here we are. These are our dicks. This is what the show is. The, the name is in the title. Not, it's not, it's gonna, not even a show. It's but. not gonna. Well, sorry, a manga. It's not gonna like lure you in with like this is a fun thing. <laughs> oh, just gratuitous boobs everywhere. It's just. Yeah. Um, I also tried an episode because, like, I, listen, I had to make room for all this manga, so I was seeing all this new stuff. And yeah. if it was an anime, I was like, so I spent a little time yesterday just checking out Rando Lucy's of these shows. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. It's basically about, it's called Life Lessons with Uramachi Onisan. It's about a guy in his 30s who is, like, depressed and thinks he's a failure at life who hosts a kid's show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds it's like... A, it's got a real death to smoochy vibe to it. Um, oh. It's not as funny. And it also does the... the the Comey Can't Communicate, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, Way of the House Husband model of, like, multiple scenes right. in a one episode of a show I'm burned out on. Like, give me, like, a solid, like, give me, like, a full episode with one A plot, B plot. I know our attention spans are all shot from the internet, but, like, oh, yeah. you can give me more than six minutes mm-hmm. for the story. Um, so I'm probably not going to stick with that one. Um, and the only other anime I watched this week, whoo, not been... Not been a series without controversy, as we've said, but the, the final battle between Boji and his father happened on Ranking of Kings this week. I made Caitlin watch the uh, it was cool. watch the battle, it was cool. where even though he's in the body of Boji's brother, they animated as him as his full-sized, you know, it's it's very symbolic. Mm-hmm. He's depicted as his full-sized giant ass, um, very artful, very dynamic camera angles, things like that. Um. And like I told Kate, that episode also ended with the demon you saw in the early episodes uh, eating souls and then vomiting them 
to eat them again. Woo! So <laughs> it's really messed up. Ranking of Kings continues to be <laughs> all the things you could ever want at once. Um, and that, I believe, are all the things I kind of got into. One last thing I did see on Twitter. Yeah. Um, which leads into what we'll talk about after the break. An adorable photo of Belle from the anime film Belle. Yeah. With May from Turning Red, drawn by the director, Mamoru Hosoda. Aww. For Disney, Disney Japan. Love it. Love it. May is quickly becoming a superstar in the world. Yeah. We will talk about... How she got here when we dig into Disney's Pixar's Turning Red. Oh, my God. We're actually on top of the disco this week, y'all. I know. I love it when we're, when we're like this. <laughs> we will get into that after this break. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the back half of the show. This is the part of the program where Kate and I will talk about the things we brought each other. Sometimes that is the thing we have brought each other. And sometimes they're just a thing that's hidden that we both want to watch. Yeah. And we watch it. And that's what happened here. Soup's relevant this week. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it when it, we're, we're like this because it seems like we're on top of things and we're not. It seems like we actually have our shit together. And longtime listeners of this program are well aware. Not the case. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, however, the content comes to us. We still have rules. Of course. First of those being the rule of three, which is if the thing comes in parts, we'll watch three of them. Not applicable this week. Nope. Was a movie. Second rule, hashtag save it for the pod. Don't talk about the thing until you are in front of these microphones. Zip. So that all of you get the hottest, freshest takes about a thing that just, the takes just been flying everywhere. Yeah, and it's like, it's so it's like super hot and super fresh. Can't go, can't go four feet without getting smacked in the face by a take about this <laughs> film. But our takes are going to be hotter and fresher. Yeah. Okay, maybe not hotter. <laughs> <laughs> this right here, this rambling, boring conversation containing already made before observations, this could be a podcast. Lastly... Not really a rule, but a policy. This is a pro-spoiler program. We will talk about the ins and outs of the movie, the plot mechanics, if there are any twists. Twists. What a twist. Which there aren't really in this. No. Um, but if you haven't seen it yet, like we said, it is very fresh. Just dropped last week. If you haven't seen it yet and you want to and you don't want to know anything about it, thanks for hanging. Come yeah. back after you've seen it. Yeah. Hear what we thought. Otherwise... Chill out for the disco, y'all. So what did we watch? The one thing that certainly nerds in Toronto have been excited about, but I think nerds a lot of other places have been excited about as well, and that is Turning Red, the latest from uh, Pixar and Disney. This is a 2022 American computer animated fantasy comedy produced by Pixar and distributed by Walt Disney, directed by Domi Shi. In her feature directorial debut, she had previously done the uh, Oscar-winning short Bow. Which was also set in Toronto. Which was also set in Toronto. Um, directed and written by she and Julia Cho. The film stars the voices of Rosalie Chiang, Sandra Oh, Ava Morris, Hyam Park, Maicheri, Ramakrishnan, Orion Lee, Wai Ching Ho, Tristan Alaric Chen, and James Hong. Set in Toronto, Ontario in 2002, Turning Red follows Maylin Mei Lee, a 13-year-old Chinese-Canadian student who transforms into a giant red panda when she gets into a state of strong emotion. Inspired by Xi's experiences in Toronto, the film began development in 2018. 
after she pitched it to Pixar in October 2017, is the first Pixar film solely directed by a woman and the second to feature an Asian lead character after Up in 2009. So this hit Disney Plus on Friday. Not without quote-unquote controversy. When some white dude became Twitter's main character last week after he said <laughs> it was unrelatable or inaccessible or too niche of a perspective. You just didn't connect with them. My G. <laughs> I have never been on a submarine. But do you know what <laughs> film I really liked? The Hunt for Red October. <laughs> I mean, listen, we can get into that more as we go on. I generally don't have a problem with stories about perspectives other than my own, but I can also at the same time account for the fact that most of, even though I actively seek those out, yeah, the bulk of what's presented in front of me is for, you. Is for me. Yeah. So can you let them have their one y'all? Jesus. <laughs> the, the one of six they get a year. Can you, <laughs> can you let them have it? Um, so yes, this is the set in 2002, um, let's just go with the hot, the hot takes, Kate. Uh, we've both seen a lot of Pixar in our time. You yeah. probably more than me. Where did this rate in your overall Pixar enjoyment? Uh, I, like an eight. Out of 10. Is it in your top five Pixar movies? Um, I'm trying to think of my top Pixar movies. I'm trying to think of Pixar movies. Um, up Wally. Uh, didn't you hate Wally? What? No. You came at me for Wally once. I have receipts. It's somewhere in the back. Somewhere what? around here that you did not like Wally. That is not true at all. I loved Wally. I literally loved Wally. Sus. Continue. <laughs> if you know, if out there you know what he's talking about, please let us know. It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty high up there. Um, it's very, it's so, <laughs> you guys don't even know. S- second question. Yeah. If you're not from Toronto, is this movie... <laughs> In your in your top five. I can still love Law and Order and not like... I mean, it's hard because I'm obviously from Toronto. I obviously grew up there. I was a kid there in 2002. Caitlin. Yeah. I hooted audibly <laughs> when in the first 15 minutes of the movie, Maylin went, this is grade eight. I went, fuck right it is. <laughs> yes. It ain't eighth grade. It's grade, grade eight. eight. Grade eight, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we call it here. Grade then the number. Yeah. Grade eight. Not number then grade. Is that a thing? States. Oh. Bo Burnham movie was called 8th grade or ninth grade or whatever. Oh. That's what it is there. Oh, it's grade 8. Grade 8. Also, the TTC does say that I'm an adult at 13. <laughs> I was like, yes, it does. It's bullshit. Girl, I'm marked out for the Daisy Mart. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yeah, it's lovely seeing movies that are filmed in Toronto that are actually set in Toronto or made to actually be Toronto. Um, because so often Toronto is a stand in for New York or Seattle or wherever, uh, Chicago sometimes. Um, so that was, that was just lovely on its own. Um, I think the story is also like, it looks so much like my childhood, just like the time period I was in 2002, I was in grade 11. So not, Oh, yeah, I do say grade 11. <laughs> I never noticed. It's like when the person, like when I was in my 20s, said that people from Toronto say Toronto and don't. Toronto. Toronto. And they don't pronounce the. The second D. The second D. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, all right, it is Toronto. 
There is no tea there. That's how, that's how you spot people who don't live here. Yeah, it's true. Toronto. No. Toronto. No. Um, that was all lovely. So it's really hard to give it like, will this be someone's uh, top five if they're not from here? It's hard to say. But I think yes, because from what I've seen, people love this movie who aren't from here. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's you were a kid at that age or you are from an immigrant household and you know that experience or you listen i like you said you've never been on a submarine i am a white boy from small town ontario but the sense of mortification when her mom mom takes the notebook to the kid at the daisy mart and like just embarrasses her in front of everyone around that shit, you know, tell me, don't tell me it ain't universal. Like, I, I felt that shit. Like, yeah. or just like puberty. Everyone goes through puberty. It is an awkward time of your life. Um, so we're just we're just jumping in here, but you probably know the cast. This is too thorough a plot synopsis. Wikipedia. You can always tell when the people are into it when they, when they spoil the whole <laughs> ass movie on Wikipedia. Let me get the bullet points. It's basically, you don't even need the bullet points. The bullet points is Maylin, her family, the women in her family yeah. have always been cursed, blessed, depends on your perspective, with a red panda spirit that they can transform into in moments of intense emotional response. Yes. And generally there is some ritual that they all go through with a seal. The women up to that point have sealed the panda spirit in jewelry. some form of jewelry, jewelry or yeah. jewel or something. And so it happens to Maylin. It is very clearly and forthrightly, surprisingly so, an allegory for puberty and the change to the yes. point where there's a great pads joke that I loved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, never had a period, but, but you, still laughed. And that sense of just like, you're this like gross monster, right? You're getting hair. It's really uncomfortable. All of a sudden you're angry at your parents. All the time for what you perceive to be no reason, except that they're annoying and they're awful. And why are they forcing you to put dishes away? You know, like, it's just that it's it's a stand-in for that. Um, and as a story, it's a really fun, cute story. And that idea that your friends can be your refuge from your parents. Yes. Whether you have overbearing parents or not. Finding... Finding that group where you can just vent to them or go to them or they help you feel like yourself. And I also wonder, and someone cute kind of pointed this out to me, which I guess I kind of appreciated in the moment, but didn't think too hard about where like, like are there idiots out there who look at her friend group and be like, oh, it's just like the United Colors of Benetton. And it's just like, you know, they, they, you get a brown girl and a white girl and a Korean girl. It's like. Yo, that's oh, just Toronto. That's like just that's, Toronto. <laughs> like that's yeah. just that's like the most indicative friend group. In you're gonna have a brown girl in your circle. You're gonna you're probably gonna have a Korean girl in your circle. Also, Abby was my favorite. I, she I did not like <laughs> listen to <laughs> to my detriment. Whatever. I did not realize Abby was Korean until yeah. she got mad and started cursing in <laughs> Korean. And I was like, oh my god, that's fantastic. Um, the whole crux of the movie. <laughs> Four Town, the boy band Four Town, is coming to the Sky Dome, which was so you heartwarming. Got, you goddamn right, it was the Sky Dome, <laughs> friends. If you didn't, if you don't know why, <laughs> if you don't know why Canadians are making such a big deal about this, what is known now as the Rogers Center <laughs> is the baseball stadium in Toronto that is was bought by a telco 
years and years ago, but in 2002, it was just called the Sky Dome. And, and it's at the base of the CN Tower. Yeah. It is called the Sky Dome because it had a giant ass dome that, that op- could open. Yeah. And 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 people in Toronto still call it Sky Dome, the Sky Dome. Oh, it's it's one of the indicative like how long you've been here. Type, type yeah. It's funny, yeah. I forgot to talk about the return of Jesus Amaro this week. Um, which welcome back, fellas. I missed you greatly. They had Denzel on. It was fantastic. Um, <laughs> They did this thing where they were just stopping. They had people stop New Yorkers randomly and try to figure out how long they've been there. Right. Based on who they said their favorite rapper was or how right. their, their clothes, you know, type of thing. That's like Kate said. If you pronounce the second T or you call it the Rogers Center, you ain't from here. Yeah. I say that as someone who ain't from here. Like yeah. I'm, I'm in Toronto. I'm not from Toronto, though. Yeah. So the fact that because it was set in this time where you could call it the sky dome down to the logo like the logo was right oh, so it was and there were there were bits and pieces that were like just so heartwarming and like exciting to see and and hey this sounds stupid but representation matters <laughs> like i was like yes that's it's this bonding with a story right you're like oh my gosh that's that's part of my childhood, having a Tamagotchi. Like, um, I never got one. It's a big thing. I go on with the story. My parents wouldn't get me one. Um, <laughs> but just, like, that atmosphere, um, how things look, the friend group. Um, and, like, okay, that's personal to me. It's probably one of my top five because of that. Story-wise, though, again, even if you're not a girl, even if you don't get uh, periods, you're a person who doesn't get a period or you're a person that does and your uh you know um your story wasn't the exact same you can still find parts of the story that that hit home for you right just family and friends and having things that mattered when you were a kid that now if you look back are really silly like me not getting a tamagotchi i will let it go one day um it just it's still that's what stories are they don't have to necessarily be this universal format to have a touch point for everyone and if you can't find a touch point you gotta look at you probably should go see therapist (laughs) um yeah the whole crux of the movie is may kind of bucking against you know she loves her family but it's that thing in you know with immigrant families where um it's funny some someone cute uh, discovered Hassan Minaj this weekend yeah and led me to rewatch i'd seen a lot of the patriot act but i hadn't seen uh his stand up show whatever it's more of like a one man show than more stand up and one man show um called homecoming king which right. came out in 2017 mm-hmm. and you know similar type of thing where like in a lot of immigrant families, I'm taking this from what I've seen of Im- children of immigrants talking about their families. It's like you are, yes, you are the child to be loved, but you are also the vessel for all the hopes and dreams, hopes and, dreams and successes. Uh-huh. Um, so May is feeling the weight of that uh-huh. from her family while also just wanting to be, you know, okay. an eighth grade girl and go, and go hang out with her friends. And see Fortown. And go see Fortown. And her decision to like... I like that they did not go very long with the like secretive aspect of it right it would the easy traditional route would have been to like hiding it from school and it's like the second time it happens at school everybody knows yeah <laughs> and it just becomes like a huge a huge thing and the kids are all cool with it they're like oh my god this is awesome you're so yeah. you're so fluffy like <laughs> and honestly she probably was uh, <laughs> to the point where they use it as a way to make money <laughs> yeah um which when her mom finds out is horrified and and i really like again you know 
The story's not for me. Okay, the moment where she, like, throws her friends under the bus, where she's, like, shit has gone wrong. They fucked the date up. That's what it was. Yes. Uh, Abby had gotten the date wrong. She, that's why she was cussing, because she, <laughs> she couldn't read Toledo. She read Toledo as Toronto. Because um, the this ritual they're going to have to reseal the panda spirit to basically get rid of it has to happen on a red moon, which turns out it's not going to be the week after the four town show. It's going to be the same day. Yeah. So may kind of loses it and she's at this, you know, little pissants uh, birthday party in as Chris Uh-oh. rightly pointed out. Um, it looked very much like a house on the bridal path. That was, that was a bridal path house, wasn't it? <laughs> or, yeah. or even like, you know, the, the north, north, the rich part of, uh, like northern Toronto. Just to Bayview Avenue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she kind of wilds out there and it's this huge thing and her mother has found out now and her mom has never really been down with her friends, Miriam especially, and is kind of chewing her out for, you know, you, how dare you drag her down blah 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 and mm-hmm. they try to be like you but no may was a part of this like she was in with us and when may just can't say anything and throws her friends under the bus you feel that shit yeah. like that you can tell that's hurting everyone on just a basic ass human level i think what dude maybe was trying to say very clumsily and this is what i felt about the movie right it's just a i found and i don't say this in a derogatory way i found the story small which is fine it doesn't have to fly to the end of the cosmos. Not every movie has to fly to the end of the cosmos with fucking Wally or to the end of existence, like on Soul, right? Like right. it's, it is a story set within six blocks of Toronto. Yeah. Three or four different environs. And, you know, it's weird to say it's a small movie for a movie that ends with a giant uh, kaiju smashing the <laughs> sky dome. It's um, amazing. Turns out May's mom's panda is a. <laughs> It's a little, a little bigger, little, little large. <laughs> Loved her dad, should be said. Also, yeah. that's a key point there. Um, did you watch to the very after? Did you watch to the after? I skimmed. I didn't see anything. <sighs> Shit, man! I got to go back. All right. It's, it's literally a second, but it's <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, I just think maybe that's what that guy felt a little bit. Um, the sort of smallness in scope. Yeah. You know, which is fine. Like I said, not every, it doesn't have to be onward. You don't know. have to go, you have to go to the edge of existence or whatever. We like, keep on saying, we keep on saying it's, it's not universal, but I think the story is universal. I think the story is like everyone can under, they should be able to understand about what it is to be embarrassed, what it is to have friends, what it is to betray those friends, what it is to hide things from your parents, you know, what it is to have a different idea of what you want to do than your parents, also wanting to live up to their expectations. Like, these should be, these should be universal concepts. Um, Yeah, maybe you don't know Toronto. Maybe you've never been here. Maybe you don't know why people are freaking out because the Daisy Mart is in the background. (laughs) But you can understand what it is to you know, grow up in a certain place and, and, you know, be comfortable in your skin in one, one day and not the next. I will also say, and you can probably pick out some detail that I'm forgetting that will disprove this point, but it was also, and I have, like I said, I'm not super up, up on all the most recent Pixar movies. It was also what I felt. And this is what I've seen from, you know, parents on the timeline that like, this is very much a kid's movie. There's no, there's no ex, 
and doesn't not that it needs to be there, no. but there's no like extra layer for the adults, right? There's no there's no gut punch of you know the first five minutes of Up that for the adults laces the whole movie with an extra layer of whatever of a tinge of sadness. There's no thinking about what you've done with your life and mortality like there is in Soul. No. It's just a it's just a kids as kids movie. It's a kids as, but I also I do think like like I almost it's so weird. I'm not I don't have I mean my dad's technically from Scotland, but I don't have like immigrant parents in the way that like some of my friends came from places where you know you you pin all your hopes and dreams on your kids or whatever. Um, but I at some points I was like this movie was made for me. Like I felt that way. So in some ways I think the experience of going through puberty is for the adults and like the fact that the mom she's got layers right i think that's for the moms and the dads you know wanting to protect your kids but maybe not giving them all the information they need um I think that I think those parts of the story for, were for the adults. Maybe it wasn't this overarching theme, like you said, like in Up, um, uh, that you know, mortality comes for us all. Um, <laughs> well, how do we live the rest of our life? And you don't need that in every piece of uh, you know filmed entertainment. No, you don't. Um, but I, I mean, in so in certain ways, I, I do feel it's 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 e for everyone. Um, but I don't think that like kids, there is something that kids, uh, won't exactly get. Not like, um, in Wally where it's like much more, I talk about like what we do to our environment and what we're doing right now and, and, um, and all of that. Um, but it was really good and it was really well written and it was funny um, and if you can't be entertained by just like a funny, fun movie, then you are insufferable. <laughs> insufferable. Yeah. It was an eight for me. Uh, yeah. Same for me. Yeah, it was, it was an eight. Um, I just, I thought I liked all the characters. They made me happy. Uh, I wanted to hang out with them more. Um, and I think that's always a good litmus test of a movie or a show when you're like yep. i'd love to hang out with these and nothing again. nothing overstayed they're welcome it didn't run long it was a decent length mm-hmm. um love the tweak at the end where she decides to keep the spirit yep um all the scenes in the like you know spirit realm or whatever with her ancestor i thought we're all beautiful we're all very well done and beautiful mm-hmm. especially the scene with uh you know her mom was a teenager or a young younger version of her mom yeah little <laughs> uh, yeah um definitely felt that and yeah i like i've been saying i feel like i don't want to be misconstrued as saying that this is not like a universal story or it's a small story i just think the scope was small but the human experience in it was you know not narrow yeah and yeah i think that's something that maybe they had lost a little bit of um in their filmmaking was you know, you tell stories so you can give people a portal into another world. Um, and sometimes telling those, like, close stories, those smaller stories, does that, right? Um, it doesn't just relate to people. It makes you come into this other world and be fascinated by what's around you. Um, so, yeah, it was good job, guys. 
it was a it was a fun good movie good job team yeah and uh and if you haven't seen it already and you've listen to this discussion i hope you do watch it there's so many fun little bits and pieces in there um yeah and how can you not like may she's just (laughs) she is her own thing 365 yeah so that is on your disney plus have at it enjoy let us know what you thought of it over at twitter.com slash geekdownpod and that will do it for us this week friends yeah my voice is getting raw. And I need to go have a snack. She's been, she she has rinsed, just about rinsed my rice cakes, y'all. She keeps keeps picking at them in between, in between breaks. I don't know what it is. It's this podcast. It's seeing, getting to hang out with Jordan. It's traveling somewhere. It just gets, it gets the metabolism yeah, all riled up. Hey, listen, welcome to, we, we ain't talking about it at the top, but you know, welcome to post, post mandate Ontario coming in a couple yeah. weeks, y'all. YOLO. Welcome to welcome to the living with COVID era. I am I'm excited to get yelled at for wearing my mask everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> catch me with new dents in my water bottle every week after I have run-ins with people on the Dufferin bus. Hey yo, friends. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. We thank you for spending an hour and change with us as you do every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you'll join us next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. What is wrong with us? Uh, Uh, Welcome to Sunday's new neighbor. (laughs) 